0: Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, December 8th. Thursday marked the start of Hanukkah with the annual menorah lighting at City Hall, but there was one notable absence from the ceremony, Mayor Jyoti Gondek. We catch up with the mayor to hear, in her own words, why she made the decision to not attend. Next, it's been another deadly year in the U.S. when it comes to gun violence. In fact, a mass shooting took place earlier this week, leaving three people dead and another injured on the University of Nevada campus. We get the latest on the shooting from Jennifer Johnson, Global News Washington correspondent. And finally, the glow of the season is upon us. If you're looking for some family-friendly Christmas entertainment to get you in the holiday spirit, we've got you covered. We get details on this year's edition of the Glow YYC Light Festival on now at the Nutrien Event Center at Stampede Park. Last night, members of Calgary's Jewish community gathered at City Hall for the annual Menorah Lighting. Marking the beginning of Hanukkah. However, there was one notable absence at the ceremony. Mayor Jyoti Gondak, who joins us now for her regular Friday chat. Good morning to you, Madam Mayor. Good morning, Andy. Well, let's address the elephant in the room, and I like this about you. You'll come in. You've been very open in sharing your time with us, uh, so we ask you those questions. The elephant in the room, your decision to not attend the lighting of the menorah at City Hall last night. You attended last year, so can you explain your decision not to attend this year?
1: I absolutely can, and I believe the most important thing we need to recognize right now is that uh, the Jewish community around the world is celebrating Hanukkah, which is a festival of light overcoming darkness. And last night, the event at City Hall went very well, and it was well attended, and community came together in love and prayer. My decision not to attend has nothing to do with turning my back on the Jewish community in Calgary. This is a community I've supported for a very long time in different ways. My decision was quite unfortunate and it was uh, predicated on a poster that used the words support Israel. And it was incredibly jarring for other members of Calgary's uh, communities to see that. They felt that it was an event to support Israel's government. And unfortunately, context is lost in social media posts and posters. The actual intent of the rabbi was to have prayers for people in Israel who are feeling a profound sense of loss right now. But you can't communicate that simply in social media posts. So the poster uh, was not able to be retracted. And as a public figure, it appeared that I was supporting Israel. So I had to remove myself from the event to not send a signal that I was choosing a side in something that has no sides.
0: You actually did release a statement the evening before. And, you know, you were, you were clear. And I'm not one to hammer something because you did issue the statement. You're spending time with me this morning on Mornings with Sue and Andy. You're, you know, giving us your thoughts in your words. But in retrospect, do you wish you did go to the lighting last
1: night? I wish I had been able to go to the lighting it is always a beautiful event. Uh, the community does a great job of it. And I spoke with Rabbi Mattisoff yesterday afternoon. We had... A wonderful conversation where we each understood the other side I wish we could do more of that in the city and that's actually what I've been trying to uh, bring interfaith organizations together to do there's an event planned for next Monday December the 11th where there's many different communities coming together to have a broader conversation to actually understand each other's pain in this moment and to understand what we can do for each other and talk about how some terminology can be incredibly triggering
0: So at this point, uh, you you see yourself going and attending next year?
1: I would absolutely love to attend next year if the organizers will have me back. I know that there's um, work that we need to do on our relationship. This was not in any way a signal that I don't support Calgary's Jewish community. That is, is far from what I was doing. I had to act in a manner to represent all Calgarians.
0: Let's switch gears, and we want to talk about the, the city providing details of the city's housing plan and the potential creation of sites for family housing. What can you tell us where we're at on that topic?
1: Yesterday, we were able to announce that there are two sites, both located near LRT stations, one in the north near Whitehorn and one in the south near uh, Frisch Creek-Lacombe LRT station. Both of those sites have now officially been designated for the purpose of providing uh, housing for families that are currently unhoused or about to be in that. That situation there is an expression of interest process that started yesterday it closes on January the 15th where nonprofit sector housing providers will be submitting their proposal for what they could construct there
0: all right uh, continuing uh, what has been going on at this city here We've also got an update on the prog- progress of the green line project what can you tell us about that
1: Well, the Green Line project is moving along. Um, Everyone has experienced the disruptions due to the utility work that's been happening downtown and in the Beltline. There was also some escarpment work that was being done a little further to the south. And, uh, you know, we continue the process of procuring the light rail vehicles. And there is a uh, development partner on board who is working with us to figure out how we make sure that the timing stays on track and the budget can be adhered to.
0: Well, to that point, yes, uh, you mentioned the, the work down south. We wrapped up that nine-day closure of C-train service between Chinook Center and City Hall. Shuttle service provided, how do you think that went uh, from what you're hearing from Calgarians who had to switch from train to shuttle?
1: I have to give um, a big thank you to Calgarians for understanding why we had to undertake such a massive project. And I know their lives were disrupted for those nine days, and they were absolute troopers. They used uh, the shuttle system, which worked very, very well, and I have to commend Calgary Transit as well as CMLC for determining that we had to get this done in mm-hmm. one giant step. We've never done something of this magnitude before, and we got very lucky that the weather held, and we were able to get this project completed. So thank you to Calgarians for your patience.
0: Any any takeaways, anything you would change? Because I'm assuming that with the ambitious project ahead, when it comes to the Green Line, we'll see more closures like this and the, the more utilization of the shuttle service?
1: I think we're um, going to be working on uh, the communication strategy strategy to Calgarians, particularly transit users, to make sure that people have good advance notice. The shuttle system is a really good interim solution, and we'll see how we can keep doing that.
0: All right, now to the business at hand. Because yes, Monday does mark two weeks till Christmas, and we did put it out on the text line this morning. And I was—it kind of caught me by guard, uh, off guard, uh, Madam Mayor, in the sense that I thought well, it was too early to talk Christmas movies. And then I realized two weeks. This might be the weekend or next weekend to get on the couch and get the family together and watch a favorite Christmas movie. What is your favorite Christmas movie and why?
1: It's got to be Christmas Vacation. Lighting up that house has to be one of the best yes. things.
0: And well, you are you one of these people that you've you've seen it a million times, but we'll put it on each and every year.
1: Oh, absolutely! And I forget something every time, and you know it just brings out the giggles. So, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I do that.
0: And of course, I had to, mornings with Sue and Addie producer Reese Schaefer, when he first got in this morning, helping me with some traffic duties because it seems like we have a very short memory. Uh, now we have snow again. Uh, how was your drive, and how are you finding the roads this morning?
1: The roads are pretty good. <clears throat> there was an accident on Stony uh, near Glenmore that was backing some people up, um, but you know we're. We're getting the crews out there. We're trying to do everything we can. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me to keep traffic moving smoothly. You've
0: been hanging around Sue. You've got the uh, same cold that we all have now. <laughs> uh, just any time I can throw her under the bus. Uh, she'll be back on Monday, by the way. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, have a great weekend, Madam Mayor. Thank you, you as well. That is Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondek. THREE PEOPLE ARE DEAD AND A FOURTH INJURED AFTER A SHOOTER OPENED FIRE ON THE UNIVERSITY OF NEVADA AT LAS VEGAS CAMPUS ON WEDNESDAY. JOINING US TO DISCUSS THIS AND THE LATEST NEWS SOUTH OF THE BORDER IS JENNIFER JOHNSON, GLOBAL NEWS WASHINGTON CORRESPONDENT. GOOD MORNING TO YOU, JENNIFER. GOOD MORNING, ANDY. SO WHAT DO WE KNOW AT THIS POINT ABOUT THE SHOOTING IN in VEGAS EARLIER THIS WEEK?
2: I just as you said that uh you know uh three people were killed a number of others injured on the campus i mean they were put on lockdown the active shooter um you know was searched for but i mean honestly what's what's more alarming about the story any is how little traction it got in the united states i mean it was just you know usually when you have a college or a high school shooting. And, you know, gets a gets a lot of press. And it just seems like these mass shootings are just becoming so commonplace in America. It just didn't really get a lot of press and a lot of notice, even though, obviously, it was a devastating thing for the campus itself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, this also comes after two shootings in Texas and Washington on Sunday. So how many shootings does this make in the states this year? Has it been an unusually violent year?
2: Um, well, it's been an unusually violent year, yes, in terms of mass shootings in the United States. What's, what's alarming is that, you know, they've, they've number of anti-gun um, or gun control advocate advocacy groups have done studies on how many mass shootings or how mass shootings have ballooned since the assault weapons ban was overturned um, by Republicans a couple of decades ago. And, and it's just, it's overwhelming what happens when you look at you know what happened before when the assault weapons ban was signed into law and what happened after it was overturned under the bush administration the second bush administration they've just ballooned and again you know the democrats remain hopeful that they can you know somehow get an assault weapons ban passed in congress but the republicans you know just won't even let it go forward and so it's you know, it's really sad for Americans because it's one of the number one things, you know, when they do polls that Americans say, you know, we want stricter gun control laws. We want an assault weapons ban, but the lawmakers just don't do anything about it. The Republican lawmakers will not do anything about it.
0: Well, what's interesting is uh, the next question on my list here, uh, to be honest with you, Jennifer, is what will it take to see actual action towards gun control legislation in the U.S.? But that question's been asked maybe thousands of times in the past decade or so. Is this a case of not, the legislation's part of it, but trying to to remove the apathy, like you mentioned with this most recent shooting in Las Vegas, in in Nevada, rather, uh, that, you know, people don't seem to be even talking about it.
2: I think, yeah, I I think Americans have just become numb to the whole situation. It's very, very sad. I mean, I used to think it would take a shooting that would affect Congress people themselves, but then there was you know, of, of shooting on a um, a um, congressional um, baseball game, and Steve Scalise was actually shot. Um, he's the, you know, very high-ranking member of Congress, Republican, and um, nothing changed. I mean, he got shot, he took a bullet, and it was, you know, basically a mentally ill person and mm-hmm. had an assault weapon, high-powered rifle. Nothing changed. So I don't, to answer your question, yeah. I don't, until the NRA loses its power and is lobbying, you know, its yeah. massive amount of lobbying money, I don't, I don't see anything changing. It's just it's very sad. And the Republicans in this country have legitimate gun owners convinced that if there's an assault weapons ban that they're going to lose their hunting rifles. Somehow they've made this argument and it's stuck. And so to answer your question, I have no yeah. idea.
0: All right, let's switch gears and hearing news this week that the U.S. is looking to seize government-funded drug patents. Uh, what's the purpose behind that move, Jennifer?
2: Government-funded drug patents. Uh, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you, Andy. We've been covering... Um, everything from Israel to Hunter Biden, to, I mean, I really don't know. I have not covered that at all. Okay. So I'm sorry.
0: To- well, on the headline, yeah, what they're talking about is if the price is deemed too high, the U.S. government is going to stop uh, step in. So I thought that was an interesting note. I know you're very busy. Uh, let me ask you this one, then. Uh, Ex-U.S. Speaker Kevin McCarthy announced uh, this week plans to leave Congress. How will this shake up the political picture in the States? Is this a big deal? Um,
2: it's a big deal, in the fact that kevin mccarthy was once in line to be third you know once in line you know to be third in line to be president and he is now basically quitting congress it just speaks to how far the MAGA republicans and how much power they have in congress even though they're not the majority i mean they basically ran kevin mccarthy out of his job and now he's leaving his career but this is you know another republican house speaker paul ryan did the same thing he got fed up with the party and he quit politics so it's you know there's a huge division in the Republican Party, and um, you know it's just it's just another indication of how you know fed up that some of these Republicans get with their own party and with their own members. I mean he's he's just what he's been a career politician and he's quitting, and so that was that was pretty eye, eyebrow raising, I think.
0: All right, uh, Hunter Biden. That's a name that's been, uh, you know, in the news, on again, off again, it seems like, over the past couple of years. Now, a federal grand jury has indicted Hunter Biden on nine counts in connection with a long running Justice Department investigation into his taxes. Any blowback uh, on the, the president when it comes to his son, or is this just, uh, you know, all to do with Hunter Biden and background noise?
2: You know, I. I think the Democrats feel like a lot of background noise. The Republicans have been trying to go after Hunter Biden for years, and I mean it's not great for your father to be running for president, and you know the next year, and you know the son's been indicted now twice. This is a special counsel who was appointed a U.S. attorney who was appointed by Donald Trump. He's been going after Hunter Biden for several years. He's based in Delaware, but the indictments came down in California. Um, nine criminal indictments for tax evasion. Um, the interesting thing about the charges is that it says that Hunter Biden willfully did not pay his taxes and spent extravagantly everything on call girls to drugs, et cetera. But there's been a lot of evidence that Hunter Biden had a severe drug problem. So, you know, the argument will be that, you know, what did he, did he knowingly, you know, was he really you know, knowingly doing this or was he on drugs when he was when, when he wasn't paying his taxes and when he was, you know, spending money as they're claiming in these charging documents. Um, you know, the the Biden lawyers are furious if they ask mm-hmm. the special counsel, you know, is there something we can is a deal can be a deal worked out. As I said, this is a U.S. attorney that was appointed by Donald Trump, and he's been trying to go after under Biden for several years. And now he's got, you know, he's got nine criminal indictments. He's got other charges, gun charges in the state of Delaware. So he's got two criminal cases coming out. Not great for his father, but, you know, the Republicans certainly are going to use it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for the update. Thanks for your time, Jennifer. Have a good weekend.
2: Okay, thanks, Andy. Appreciate it.
0: That's Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington correspondent. Glow Calgary opens this weekend. It's a chance to get you and the family in the Christmas spirit with bright lights, music, and a very toasty, warm location. Joining us with all the details is Shannon Van Norman, owner of Glow Alberta. Good morning to you, Shannon. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being with us here this morning. And uh, yeah, we can use anything to get us into that spirit. We like to get out. For those who are unfamiliar, what is Glow Calgary? Well, Glow Calgary is a lot of
3: things, actually. It is a massive Christmas festival that is full of incredible, beautiful lights for all ages, and um, everybody can come to Glow and have a wonderful time, and every year we bring a new theme. So this year's theme is Santa's sleigh adventure.
0: Okay, so what's that gonna look like if it's Santa's sleigh adventure?
3: well santa has crashed his sleigh what? and his yeah i know right and his gear has scattered and your job is to come in and find his gear <laughs> that are hidden within the lights and you're going to see all kinds of means of transportation that the elves are trying to you know um basically get the presents out to everybody So we've got ships, we've got airplanes, we've got parachutes, and all kinds of other things.
0: I believe it kicked off last night, goes right through to the 31st. What are the ages that you're uh, thinking should come down, Shannon? GLOW is
3: amazing for all ages, and we have lots of interactive activities for children and and adults, um, including our new LED dance floor. And we also have some live mermaids at the show.
0: And, of course, for those folks who are, you know, like to take in Christmas lights, you normally think about grabbing the warmest coat you have, maybe some of those heated mitts. Not the case when it comes to glow. Tell us about that.
3: Yes, we're all indoors the entire show, all 90,000
0: square feet. (laughs) Wow, incredible. Do you get a lot of comments on that?
3: Yeah, people love to get out of the the cold. I mean, this year we haven't experienced the cold yet but yeah. uh <laughs> it'll come i'm sure
0: all right now let's talk about the charity component i understand uh you uh, like to give back as well
3: yes we love the communities that you know we we, we come into and, and we live in so we want to give back and by doing that we've donated our our co-check space to different charities like kids up front and stars and ronald mcdonald's house and then we also have another opportunity where people can donate um you know if they decide to donate uh in our santa box over by santa claus photos and that money goes to charities as well
0: good stuff there and uh, you mentioned the dance floor it does sound like a a full event because a little further i'm reading some details about a delightful selection of offerings from local distilleries and breweries that sounds pretty interesting
3: Yeah, again, something for all ages, right? So, and we, I mean, we have our Christmas market as well. So, somebody wants to come in and do some shopping, Christmas shopping, Mm. or like me, I like to buy gifts for myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know what you like, right? Absolutely. I do. So, it did kick off, uh, you know, last evening. What are the hours of this, uh, Shannon? When can people check it out?
3: Well, during the week, we're open from uh, 4 till 9. And then on the weekends, we're open from noon until 10 o'clock on Saturdays and 1 till 9 on Sundays.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Thank you so much for your time. We'll be coming down and checking it out. Thanks, Shannon. I look forward to seeing you. Thank you. Shannon Van Norman, owner of GLOW Alberta. You can find out more about the event at glowyyc.ca.